0: one 3 one Four five six seven, Or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May fifteenth, two 2012. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father Greg Gwynn is back from a week off last week. Uh, welcome back
2: to the program. Jacob, great to be with you. always look forward to the Virtual Bible Study on Thursday night. Whoa, yes,
1: we do. Things are falling everywhere. Oh, it's We're falling apart already. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And if you're listening to us live on the program tonight, you can join in the chat room with other listeners to the right of your video window as we have an important uh, subject planned uh, for the program tonight.
2: Jacob, we want to talk about the subject of instrumental music. I think most people know that as a Church of Christ, we do not use instruments of music in our worship. That makes us somewhat unique in the religious world. There are other groups that uh, also have that same practice, but it's it's rather unusual in this day and time. And so we're frequently asked about instrumental music, why we don't use instrumental music in our worship and so forth. So we thought it'd be good to revisit that subject. We've talked about it before on the Virtual Bible Study, but it's been a good while ago, and we thought we'd revisit that subject. Uh, In order to help us to examine this question, we've invited a fellow who's been on the Virtual Bible Study with us before. His name is David Baker. He's the preacher for the Lighthouse Baptist Church here in Columbia, Tennessee. David, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Good to be here.
2: We, I, I talked to you earlier today, David, and uh, suggested that we wanted to get your input concerning instrumental music. Now, you preach for a Baptist church where instrumental music is the standard practice. You typically, I understand, I would assume that you can you can explain your practice more thoroughly to us. But I would assume it's a, a it's a common practice for you that it's very typical. In fact, probably in every worship assembly that you have, some form of instrumental music is played. Am I correct?
3: Sure. Yes, sir.
2: All right. So. Uh, I what that what that indicates then is that we're coming at this from opposite sides of the spectrum. We don't use it at all. You do use it. And so what we hope to do in our program, and we want to give you the first shot at this, David, we want to examine the biblical arguments, both pro and con, on the subject of instrumental music. and I, I want to give you
1: I think I think we and the benefit of the discussion with David, I think David, you and I and we would agree that the Bible is infallible and that you need to have uh, instruction from God for the things that you do. Not many people in the religious world believe that way. I think I think you would believe, as we do, that those are requirements if we're going to be pleasing to God.
3: Yes, exactly. The Bible is the inherent, infallible, inspired Word of God, and that should be our authority in all matters of faith, what we believe, and practice what we do. Well, that's, that's great. And we, and it's
2: becoming, that's becoming rare. Yeah. yeah in, in other words, even though we differ on this question, David, we are... Uh, uh, we have a commonality in the sense that we feel a, a compulsion to prove what we do from the Scriptures. As Jacob was saying, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the religious world who don't care at all what the Bible says, who just openly disavow the things that the Bible teaches. We, we had a, a Presbyterian preacher on a few months ago who told us that he knew more about things than Jesus himself knew well, if some if if someone's going to say that, then we we have no common ground. Wow. We, there's no place to go. You know, we can't even start a discussion with somebody like that. So I appreciate, as Jacob said, we appreciate the fact that you uh, are, are like us in the sense you feel the necessity to go to the Bible. And so what we want to do is give you a chance to to explain your practice from the Bible. Uh, in other words, why do you? What authority would you offer for using instrumental music in worship to God?
3: Okay. Well, good. Um, just that, uh, the Bible, uh, like we said, the Bible is the authority, and that is what we should base everything on. Our salvation, our family, our marriage, our home, our children, everything should be based on the Word of God. And uh, the same thing with music. Um, there's a lot of uh, music uh, that is not right and unscriptural in churches, and so um, we try to do that. What we go by, um, the Bible specifically in church, then would be Ephesians 5.19. Where it says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, make a melody in your heart to the Lord. And, uh, in Colossians 3:16, where it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So, that would be our scriptural basis for, um, for having instrumental music in, uh, in our church service.
2: Let let me back up just a minute David did I catch what you said right at the start you think there are some kinds of music that are wrong
3: Yes um when when we we bring the world's um uh, um uh, music into the church I believe it shouldn't be there the uh the rock beat is definitely a uh, a beat that is a, a sensual um um a music beat that should not be um uh, used for or anything by Christian, which
2: was so, so, absurd. So some um, of the some of the things that we hear typically referred to as sort of contemporary Christian music, you, you would have an right. issue with some of that. I would too. I even, notwithstanding the instrumental music question, some of that just seems like it's right. uh, it's people, carnal.
3: Right, it is, and some people may not know any better. But um, uh, I, I play the piano, guitar, had training music um, there, and um, what people do. There's so much that can be done, even with the voice, to make it unscriptural when you're breaking the laws of music, uh, there, uh, with a chord and a scale from, you know, Amazing Grace is, I'm not going to sing too much, but Amazing Grace is written with the note, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That, those are the notes, but to make it sensual, then they put a breathy note to it, and then scoop and pop and, and things that makes it that makes it uh, they're distorting or twisting the laws of music by you
2: know no, that.
3: appeals to it, and people like it. But it goes the oh, amazing grace, how sweet, and and all the drops and pops there. The, the secular world teaches that's how you move the crowd, but it's the person then getting the glory instead of God giving the glory. Okay. And so that's not taught about much, but um, but uh, yes, I do believe there's a lot of inscriptural. That's interesting. Music in- that's interesting. I'm,
2: I'm 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 very interested to hear you say that. Let me take you back to the two verses that you mentioned: sure. Ephesians five nineteen, Colossians three sixteen. You said you would right. use those verses to justify
3: yes,
2: instrumental music. Explain that to me.
3: Oh, good. Okay. Um, when you look at the words and the definitions of them, a lot of times what we do is we take a verse from the Bible and we make it believe what we think it says instead of actually finding out what it says. And when we do that, then, boy, we get all kinds of uh, wrong doctrines because we don't understand simply what the Bible says. And, um, and, in fact, most false doctrine comes from the Bible just out of context uh, people do not understand either what the words mean or what the context of scripture is, who is talking to, and what is talking about. Obviously, Ephesians is written to the church of Ephesus, Colossians is written to the church of Colossians, so those are great books to be able to use. They're written directly to churches. And so that would be the first thing. The second thing is what is the definition of those words there? The word Psalm, uh, the definition of it is a hymn played on a stringed musical instrument. And that's what the definition of the word psalm is and I've looked it up a dozen different places and it all says the same thing. Well, you look in the Greek or Strong's or Vines or Thayer's or um, Nelson's or anywhere you want to look, um, the definition of a psalm is a hymn played on a stringed musical instrument. I was um, in a discussion with a man one time and he was telling me how so wrong we were and he was actually taking it to an extent that if we played um, a piano in church we were going to go to hell and um and uh and I explained the definition to him of what psalm was and uh, he was so upset um there and he said, Well that doesn't mean a piano I said, Excuse me sir, a piano does have strings uh there. So when you look at the definition of that New Testament verse, uh there then it says we should have have stringed musical instruments in our worship.
1: Um Let me, well, before we go on, do you limit do you limit the the instrument to being stringed instruments or do you Nina. Well,
3: um, it, when you look at the root of it um, there, it talks about pluck uh, there and things um, there, so a lot of that's why it's uh, uh, stringed. But uh, but obviously, um, and the other, this is a, getting off this, but the other scripture point, I believe, is is this, that uh, that, that Jesus doesn't change. Uh, Malachi 3, 16, for I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever, um, I, I, I believe you would not argue against that the Old Testament and the temple and synagogues and tabernacles that they used, um, they used instruments in worship. Dead, correct? We
2: yes. Yes. That. Right.
3: Okay. And so, if God doesn't change and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if He liked it then, then what is to say He doesn't like it now? Um I always thought one of the funniest things um that's, I don't know exactly where the Church of Christ doctrine is on the rapture, but uh if you believe in the rapture of the saints or rapture of the church, that there'll be a called out um
2: uh there. No, no, maybe we can study with you about that sometime okay. too.
3: That'd be interesting. But uh the Bible says in the moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, the trumpets sound, the dead in Christ shall be uh raised in Christ. anyway, that this rapture where the Christians are taken out of the world is is done by a trumpet. That's in the New Testament. Uh, there and uh, well, what a great thing for the Lord to come back, uh, uh, the second coming of Christ, on a Sunday and be in church and Him come with a trumpet um, there. So, so I don't think Jesus changed. I believe that He liked it in the Old Testament uh, there, and by the word Psalm, that He likes and wants it in the New Testament.
2: Okay, uh, got a uh, while we're talking, David, a chat room window is working here on a, on our okay. show, and I got a question from Anthony. Uh, and he asked this question: How can you sing on a stringed musical instrument? The instruction is to sing a sure. psalm. If psalm exactly. necessarily requires a stringed instrument, then you can't sing a psalm.
3: No, it, it uh, the stringed musical instrument accompanies the singing. Um, there, it accompanies the voice. When you have that in there, there's three different things: psalms, hymns, and, and and the spiritual psalms And so, so you have that. You have a a a a song that
2: is accompanied by a string musical instrument, which is a psalm. Okay, so. Strong. Let, let me just give you a definition from Strong. Strong says that sure. a psalm is a piece of music. Oh, wait a minute, I lost it here. Got it up on my screen. It's a piece of music that that is a sacred ode, accompanied with the voice, or harp, or other instrument. A psalm. Right. In other words, uh, Strong says that a psalm. Is is a, is a piece of music, and it is set to music either with the voice or an instrument that is right. not is not exclusively played with an instrument that it that, that the word does not demand that is what I take from the Strong's uh, definition.
3: Right. Yes. Yeah, New Testament word fifty five sixty eight uh, rooted from fifty five sixty seven exactly. So. So it, it, it is to music, um, but it can be with a voice or a harp or another instrument. So that is exactly the definition. That's why it always seems amazing to exclude that when the definition of song includes that.
2: Okay. All right. Let me add, we got a question that came by email for you from Singapore, of all places. On the other side of the world, Aaron asked this Thanks. question. He says, "I'm curious how your guest views the historical pattern of worship in churches. If the Bible allows instrumental music in the worship of the New Testament church, why did it take people so long to figure it out? I believe that it was not widely practiced until the 19th century, and before that time, the Baptists were almost universally opposed to it. What new information was discovered in the in the Bible in the 19th century? And uh, let, let me add a quote here, David. I, I found this some time back." Found a quote from a man uh, wrote a man named Posey wrote a book called The Baptist Church in the Lower Mississippi Valley. Now, obviously, things that happened in the Lower Mississippi Valley—we're talking about within the last 200 years. There weren't any Baptists in the Lower Mississippi Valley more than 200 years ago. So, sometime within the last 200 years, he says, for the Baptist, uh, for years, the Baptists fought the introduction of the instrument of music into the churches. Installation of the organ brought serious difficulties in many churches. Now I think lots of Baptists today would assume that Baptist churches have always used instrumental music, but this historian says that it wasn't so and that that when it started being used, it caused a lot of problem in Baptist churches. Now why if if it is so commonly understood that psalms should be played with musical accompaniment, or it can be. It should be, or can be, at least played with musical instrumental accompaniment. Why? Why is that so obvious today? But it wasn't obvious to the Baptists two hundred years ago or more.
3: Right. That was a good question. The uh, one thing, and I don't know. Obviously, I didn't live back then, and um, so I can't uh, speak exactly for those people. But um, we are not in a denomination. Um, I don't believe denominations are biblical. Um, there it's an, an independent um, Baptist church uh, Baptist historical faith as far as believing in salvation by grace through faith and the Bible is the word of God um, There, so if another Baptist did or did not that really doesn't have anything to do with me um, there but um, it's amazing people look at the historical aspect of that and say well they didn't use it then um, there. but boy you know, in the early days of the church uh, they didn't even have churches they met in people's houses and and so when people went to build a quote church building there were people that were against that Uh, back in the early church people didn't have hymn books they just had the psalms there was a big fight even when Isaac Watson, many of the uh the songs the hymns we sing today when they went, when they got away from just singing the psalms, that just singing the psalm book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, there was a big debate that we should not do that. We should only sing the Psalms, um, there. And uh the same thing with um, you know, hymn books. Hymn books were not scriptural. Hymn books were not uh you know, used or printed, you know, of course until the late century is there um and uh historical you know people didn't even have bibles uh then you know they made up one bible for the uh whole church so so historically, to be able to say, well, they didn't use it back then, so then we shouldn't today uh, there, uh, I don't think is, is is it at all. I think we should stick more with the, what the Bible says, and we ought to be, you know, silent with the Scripture, silent, and speak well, with the Scripture. they not just historical.
2: I would agree with you on that, for sure. But here, let, let me read it. Now, historians are unanimously in agreement that instrumental music was not used in the early church in the first century and thereafter. Uh, for instance, here's a quote from a man named Kerfes. He says, We know the instruments performed an important function in the Hebrew temple service and in the ceremonies of the Greeks. And so among the Jews and among pagan Greeks, it was common to use instrumental music when they, when they engaged in what they called worship. He says, At this point, however, a break was made with all previous practice, and although the lyre and flute were sometimes employed by the Greek converts, as a general rule, the use of instruments in worship were condemned. Many of the early church fathers, speaking of religious song, make no mention of instruments. Others, like Clement of Alexandria and St. Chrysostom, refer to them only to denounce them. Now, again, when we think back to the first century, as you said, maybe some Christians were, were in pretty tough circumstances. We know some of them met in homes. But there's a there's a universal lack of information indicating that any of them anywhere used instruments of music. Uh, why not? Why? And because they had instruments, obviously, and they were and they were familiar with using instruments in the Jewish uh, worship and it, even in pagan worship. They were they were familiar with the idea of using instruments in in acts of worship. Why did they preclude them uh, in, in the church?
3: Like, like I said, I care not what man says. I care not what man did. I care not what some church did or some denomination did. I only, it only matters to me what the Bible says. And so, uh, and what God says. Jesus didn't change. God doesn't change. God loved it. God instituted it. God wanted it. Old Testament, New Testament, and in heaven. Uh, in heaven, we're definitely going to have musical instruments in worship. You would agree with that, correct? Yeah, well, I know
2: the angels play harps.
3: Okay, but so, I'm, but I'm so. not an
2: angel, and I'm not in heaven. So I, I would I would I would right. say that doesn't that doesn't prove what I should do because I'm not an angel in heaven. Therefore, and I, and and by the way, uh, in regards to the trumpets that you mentioned earlier, I'm not sounding the alarm for the coming second coming of Christ either. So, uh, what what I think you would agree, what we've got to do is establish what mortal human beings are supposed to do while here on earth in worship to God, uh, and so that's where we've got to go David, can you can hang? We, I'm sorry go ahead.
3: sure no I, I just like I said it doesn't um you know when even by your definition from songs that we read it included instrument instruments in a in a psalm I just i just to me the whole situation I' enjoy talking about uh, anything in the Bible but the whole thing from from God doesn't change, Jesus doesn't change, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, it's in the word Psalms, it's in heaven. Um, there, it's Why in the world would we try to preclude it? Because some historians, they didn't use it back then. That, that just doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Let, 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 me, let me ask you the question. Do you burn incense in your worship services today? Uh, do you have an altar? Do you do some of the other things that the old te- they did in the Old Testament? And do, and do you think oh. those things would be justified today?
3: Well, the altar, of course, um, uh, there was used for animal sacrifices, and Jesus was the Lamb of God, be sacrificed. So of course, we don't have that. Those things were nailed to the cross.
1: What about what um, about incense?
3: Um, that's not something that um, uh, we've ever had or used or need to use. Some things there, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. But it does say that we are to worship Him in Psalms, which includes an instrument.
2: All right. Uh, well, David, I think we've got. We, we, I think we've. We're pretty clear on understanding your position on this and maybe where you come from in justifying that. Uh, I, I appreciate your approach to say, I want the Bible. I, that's really what matters to me. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm very sympathetic with that point of view. Obviously, we, we come at this differently, uh, but uh, we'll take what you've had to say and, and we'll give it some careful consideration. And I sure appreciate you joining us on the Virtual Bible Study to, to talk with us about... Instrumental music in worship.
3: Okay. Just one of the things is not to be a, you know, I mean, the, usually in a quote debate, you have, you know, side talks and other side talks, and, you know, then you have a closing and things there. It does seem a little bit weird that, you know, I'll talk for 15 minutes and then the rest of the program, I'm sure I'll be. Apart but, why, why,
1: why, don't you, why don't you stay on? We'll, we're up against a break. Why don't you stay on? Let us, okay. let us make some points, and you can come back. And, yeah, uh, sure.
2: after this break, we'll make a couple points in okay, response great, great. to you. That would be fine. Okay, sure. if you can stay with us, we'll do it. All right, uh,
1: don't okay. go anywhere. We'll be back uh, talking with David Barker uh, Baker from the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, if you'd like to talk. Uh, with david it's eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. you can send your comments in the chat room as well when we get back we'll present our side of the argument we'll give david a chance to respond as well don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this
0: now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week find out more at collegeview.com there's more of the virtual bible study right after these important messages
3: hi i'm jack coleman a member of the college View church of christ with a suggestion for you and your family Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here are some quotes
2: worth pondering. Life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you wish, but you only spend it once. Do what you can with what you have where you are. A thousand words will not leave so deep an impression as one deed. There's no such thing in anyone's life as an unimportant day. Things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. Most people plan their vacations with better care than they do their lives. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye
0: do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father
1: by Him. Colossians three seventeen. Now, back to the program. We're back on the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about instrumental music, and we ask the question, is it uh, authorized in worship? We want to do things that we have authority from God uh, to do, especially in our worship. Our worship is about God, not about us. As uh, is uh, un- uncommon in the religious world today, we believe our worship should be uh suited uh to god and uh aimed towards pleasing him and if we're going to please god we believe we've got to do things according to the instructions he's given us and so we're asking the question tonight uh do we have authority to use instrumental music in our worship and we're talking with david baker from the lighthouse baptist church he's presented his arguments and uh, done a fine job with that and uh now it's time for us to present our side of the view and uh and uh we would go to some similar passages that
2: David used. Yeah, if I was going to, if I was going to David, if I was going to justify singing without musical accompaniment, I would use the same verses you used, Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen, because we're supposed. It, it, let's let's look at Ephesians five nineteen for a minute. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing make melody in your heart to the Lord. I don't speak with an instrument. I can't convey any information with an instrument. And so what, what this verse is telling me to do is that I'm supposed to be communicating. I'm supposed to be talking. I'm supposed to be speaking. I'm supposed to be delivering information. Colossians 3.16 says that uh, we are to be teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Again, I could play, if if I played, and I wish I could, I can't. You said you play the guitar. I wish I could play the guitar. I could play the guitar in world-class fashion, and I could never convey one bit of information to another person in the playing of that guitar. And you could say the same thing about any other instrument of music. So what we're to do with our music is we're supposed to be speaking, we're supposed to be teaching. And I can't do that with an instrument. And so I would argue that in Colossians 5.19, when the word psalm is used, it's used there in the sense that it's something that is done with the voice and not with an instrument. As you agreed, the definition says that, and and I had that up earlier. What did I do with it here? Yeah, Uh, the
1: definition is uh, that it is a sacred ode accompanied with voice, harp, or other instrument, a psalm.
2: So I would argue that the accompaniment of the psalm in Ephesians 5.19 is with the voice, not with an instrument because it, it is something that is spoken it is something that conveys information any thoughts on that
3: well um, yes uh, with a, a, a song that's sung with words and a company behind it it does teach exactly what the scripture says um, there it does stop teaching when you put a stringed instrument with it so um, I don't see how that verse can be taken to exclude again Uh, when it it actually includes it in the definition.
2: Well, but this is is commanded to us all. We're to speak to one another. We're to teach and admonish one another. So now uh, look at Colossians 3.16 again. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms. So here we are in a worship, David, you and me, and I'm supposed to be teaching you and you're supposed to be teaching me, and we're using psalms to do it. Right. So, so if I'm teaching you, wouldn't it? In other words, if the authority in the word psalm means that I'm, I'm to have, I'm an, I'm accompanying this teaching with a with an instrument. Then I have to be playing an instrument and talking to you, and you have to be playing an instrument and talking to me, if we're going to be doing what that says to do with the psalm. Uh, are you getting my point? If this is if this is instruction, this is something that everybody's got to be doing. We all need to have an instrument. We need to be playing an instrument as we voice the psalm in order to fulfill what those verses would be instructing. Am I missing something?
3: Of course, uh, just like everyone does not get up in the quartet and sing um, there in front of people because their voices aren't that talented. Uh, in a voice instrument then also the same thing people would not uh, with a stringed instrument. But um, again, when you have a quartet gets up and sings acapella, uh, they are teaching the crowd. We have acapella music, love acapella music. Um, there, there's nothing wrong with that at all. As you add a piano accompaniment to that, you are still teaching. So it lies exactly up we are teaching and admonishing with a psalm that is accompanied by, him, by a stringed instrument. Well,
2: uh, this would be another point of difference with us is that that we don't we don't believe in special music by way of choirs and quartets and soloists either because and, and again, I would use the same verse to argue that that this is a reciprocal action and if i 'm just sitting in the audience listening to a quartet sing and of course they sing beautifully or a soloist sing or even a choir a larger choir singing they sing beautifully. They're, they may be conveying information to me, but I'm not conveying any information to them as I sit there in the audience and the and Colossians three sixteen says we're supposed to be teaching and admonishing one another, and so I'm not doing my part in that if I'm just sitting and listening and I would say the same thing about the instrument if 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 the psalm is to be used with instrumental accompaniment then i'm not I'm not doing the whole job here. If all I'm doing is singing while somebody else is playing a, a piano. Furthermore, the,
1: the instruction is to to it, the type of, of music here—psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The instruction is that we're to what what are we supposed to do with that type of song? We're to sing uh, that type of song. No and no reference to playing there, and so with, I, I think that would go a long way toward defining the type of music that they were using. What was the what was the verb uh, that was associated with this uh, type of music? Again, the definition says it can be accompanied by singing, by uh, by harp or by some other instrument. Well, when we take that definition, you've got the three possibilities there according to man's definition of that word. Paul goes on in the latter part of that verse and tells you what accompaniment we are instructed and authorized to use, and the only the only the only verb that goes with that type of music is to sing. Uh, no reference to playing. And uh, we would combine that with other passages that talk about music in the New Testament and absolutely no reference anywhere
2: to anyone actually playing and no instruction to play. Uh, Colossians, I mean, excuse me, Ephesians 5, 19 tells the place where the melody is made is made in the heart, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, not making melody on an instrument uh, to the Lord. I, w- I would make that argument. Uh, D- David, let me. I- I've used this argument before, but.
3: Uh, well, if I could, if oh. I could say that yeah, Okay, Yeah, just, go ahead. So, just on that. The melody in the heart, when the person sings, the melody first starts in the heart and comes out the voice. Any instrumental player, the same thing. The melody starts in their heart. And then comes out through the instrument. The melody starts in the heart, exactly right. But you cannot uh, you cannot play a melody that's not first in your heart. Okay. So,
1: do, so you, right. do you agree, do you agree that the word psalm there can mean a piece of music that is accompanied with a voice, a harp, or other instrument? Sure. Okay. Exactly, okay. So yeah, would you? Sure. Th- w- so th- so we have the possibilities there of what that that music could be. Do you, right, does, it, does, it, the, does the verse go on then to define what you should do with that type of music? You need to sing it rather than play
2: it.
3: Right. Well, yes, it does say we ought to sing. And we do sing, but the same could, thing in could the that? I was I was gonna oh. say this guy. I, oh, okay, I, I like I'm sorry, I like what the guy said, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know. Greg and um and uh Jacob. Other, Jacob, I'm sorry, yeah. Jacob. Um yes, with um and you know, man puts definitions in um, words there, and then we try to go by that. But I, I believe the best definition for words um, is the Bible. The Bible's the best commentary on itself. When you I have a that. question about the Bible, look at another place in the Bible, and you will find out what that means. And right. so, so for sure, uh, the word Psalms. When you look up the word Psalm, you get a whole book of Psalms. Uh, there And so to define the Psalms, all you have to do is look at the Psalms, and it is filled from beginning to end with instrumental music. And so by the very definition, when you compare the Scripture with Scripture and you try to define the Bible by the Bible, then you get all kinds of instrumental music being put in there because that's what Psalms were used with also.
2: Uh, David, let, let me make an argument that I've posed before, but I've, I've never posed it to someone who is is coming from the same standpoint that you are. So let, let, let me pose a, an argument to you and see what you think of this. Uh, if this is clear, in, no, in other words, if it's clear that Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3.16, when it uses the word psalm, or also in the, for instance, in Kalash, Ephesians five nineteen, it uses the word making melody, which is from the same Greek word, same Greek root, the word solo. If, oh. if if those words absolutely in the original language conveyed the idea of playing with instrumental music accompaniment, then think about it this way. First of all, we we already talked about. The fact that church historians are unanimous in agreement that instruments were not used in the early days of the, of the church back in the first you're
1: century. Not, and you're not basing your argument on that, no, but it does, it does. I'm just
2: saying, in yeah. other words, these people spoke Greek natively. They mm. knew the language, and they did not play instruments. Historians agree they didn't play instruments in, in New Testament Christian worship. So he, here are some people who knew the language natively, and they did not take it that way. All right, now move forward seven, eight hundred years, or maybe a little more than that. There was a split between the Latin Church, the Roman Catholics, and the Greek Church, the Greek Orthodox. One of the issues that split them was the use of instruments in worship. The Catholics, the Latins did, the Greeks didn't. Now, wait a minute Greeks, they spoke Greek, and they did not believe that the wording of those verses authorized the use of instruments of music. So in the first century, seven, eight hundred years later, among those who knew Greek, they never used the instrument. And then we come to the modern era, and within the last 50 years, there have been dozens of English translations of the New Testament. I know of not one that... Translates Ephesians 5.19 or Colossians 3.16 to include the use of the instrument. And the, again, these are among people who know Greek well. They're scholars. They're translators. And so here's my argument, David. I'd just like to get a feedback from you on this. Sure. From the 1st century, the 7th or 8th century, and in the modern day, people who knew Greek best did not believe that Solo The word psalms or making melody, which comes from that same root. They did not believe that 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 original wording justified the use of instruments. Now, again, we understand men can be wrong, but we're we're taking this is really a word study we're talking about here. We're not talking about religious practice per se. We're talking about word study and in greek word study you do refer to authorities you did earlier when you told us what you believe the meaning of psalms was you you referred to a, a an authority a, a, a scholarly authority on the subject and what i'm saying is this it seems to me that the scholarly authority on this subject says that psalms or making melody solo the greek word solo does not inherently authorize command. Yeah. The use of instruments and uh, Mike in the chat room also has made
1: a point about the word cappella, and that, that word has uh, the That's a Latin, Latin, word. A, a Latin that's word.
2: That's a Latin word. But it,
1: it, the the definition of it means in the style of the church, that meaning music with, or instru- uh, singing without the accompaniment of instruments. Uh, that so there is there's another historical reference to that. Again, not it doesn't that doesn't that doesn't establish truth, but it does. Uh, well, it indicates that it
2: indicates that that it's agreed, it's understood that using instruments in in Christian worship was not the practice. Uh, in, that it's a it's a relatively recent development, even among the Baptists. It's re- and, and so uh, again, we're just my point here, uh, David, is that just from the standpoint of a wor- Greek word study, what do you think of that approach?
3: Right, well. I I, uh, I think we would probably agree with this, <laughs> but uh, the Catholic Church is nowhere near what the Church is supposed to be. The Greek Orthodox Church is nowhere near Oh, what the I, agree. Is. I agree. Not, I agree. I agree about churches, that. I agree right, about those, that, those, David, those churches, but I was just
2: saying, these people know the language. All I'm saying is they know the language.
3: Well, they, and, they don't know Corne Greek because Corne Greek uh, went out so early. They know the uh, you know the modern Greek, which is totally different. But that to base anything on what well, we would... No one agreed to be heretical, um, you know, in so uh, uh, many different things. Well, you mean, not that at all. What you my, you're it missing on,
2: my point, David. You're missing no, my no, no. point. Uh, I'm just saying that I'm the still, people who understand Greek language never, throughout the centuries, have never come to the conclusion that you've come to tonight. I'm just saying these people know the language. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The Catholics and the Greek Orthodox—they're wrong on almost every subject. But, but I'm just saying—I'm talking about people who know Greek. And, uh, and, again, there are scholars in the Greek. I'm not one. I don't know how much you've studied Greek. You may know it very well. But I'm just saying that through the centuries, the, those who, from a scholarly standpoint, understand the language and the meaning of words. And you made your argument. Your first argument to us was from the meaning of the word. And I'm just saying that those who know the language best throughout the centuries have never come to that conclusion that you came to tonight on the meaning of the word.
3: Well. Like I said, the best meaning that I get from words is from Scripture uh, there. I, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. this it's a great thing. I believe all the modern Bibles have uh, a wrong when they do this. but you can take the there's about 1,000 uh, quote archaic words in the in the Bible that we don't use anymore. and some of them study of this. You can take each one of those words and go to the law of First mention the first time that word is mentioned in the Bible. And it is defined in the very text of the word what it is. And that would be another interesting thing to talk about sometime. But, but when I when I define words, I do not go to strong. I don't believe strong was a a, a good, strong Bible-believing man, to be honest with you. Um, and are, that is not my authority. No man is. The Word of God is. And so when I define the word psalm, I look at the Bible and see how we have defined psalm. Uh, there and, and so many times, not every time, of course you can say uh without saying instruments there, but so many times in the book of Psalms they did use um instruments in the worship to the same God that we worship today uh there and nothing changed.
1: But, uh, David God, but...
3: God doesn't change and Jesus doesn't change. So why in the world would our you know when they when specifically you know when specifically God said that he wanted them to you know Psalm thirty three uh two praise the Lord with the harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Me, so when you, when you see the fine psalm, you have them singing with an instrumental music there. They're together, and that's exactly what I believe you have in Ephesians and in Colossians, singing with an instrumental music. It's teaching and it's admonishing uh, each other with that.
1: Now, David, let me ask you a question about your belief. Do you believe that uh, worship must have an instrument in order to be valid? If that's your interpretation of uh, what the instruction there is, Ephesians 5, of course, verse 19. Of
3: course, of course not. <laughs> you know, what... You, what wait, 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 you kind of broke oh. up on
2: it, David. You kind of broke up on no. it. You're saying you do not of believe... Not. Okay, okay. Of
3: course not. No, because, you know, this is a whole other debate and topic, but... Um, But public worship, when you find worship in the Bible, you don't find it publicly unless it's almost demonic. What you have is a church service where we're teaching and preaching and encouraging and helping other people, not worship. Worship is done with God alone in private. They that worship Him shall worship Him in what? In spirit and in truth. The way to worship God is alone with God. um, uh, That's what worship of God is. You don't find the New Testament church talking about worship. Uh, there is, is preaching, encouraging, teaching, preaching. That's what the uh, church was, not worship. Um, their worship is done in spirit and in truth. Do you have to have a strange instrument to worship Him? Absolutely not.
2: Okay. Okay. Let me. Let, I want to go. Let's let's take a quick break. And can you sure. stay with us to the top of the hour? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I, I When I talked to you earlier today, I didn't indicate that we'd keep you for a whole hour. But this is so interesting, and and I, I'm really. Uh, Taken by your I
3: explanation.
2: It. Fine. So you uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go to the top of the hour right. when we come back. Uh, we've got uh, a
1: long line of, uh, of comments in the chat room that we may or may not get to. The best way for your comments to be heard tonight is to give us a call, toll-free, 877-381-4567. we go to the top of the hour. Talking about instrumental music, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. You
0: won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important
2: messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. All of us dread having issues with our computers. Viruses, crashes, malware, tracking cookies, and other things that affect the proper working of our machines are a constant concern. Those who do not take steps to protect against these dangers are certain to suffer the negative consequences. However, we're concerned that Christians need to open their eyes to a growing threat that has nothing to do with their computer's hardware or software. The threat we have in mind involves their spiritual well-being and is generally known as social networking. Many brethren enjoy being able to contact folks via Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, and so forth, but we're alarmed that some are not exercising a proper degree of caution. Consider these issues when engaged in social networking. First of all, inappropriate photos and text. Some are guilty of sending photos of themselves dressed immodestly or while participating in activities that are, at best, questionable. Likewise, texts are sent out that convey things that a Christian should never say or think. Several red flags are obvious. Why are you doing such things? Why are you thinking and saying such things? And why are you effectively destroying your influence and example by publishing such things? Many need to be reminded of their duty to God and their responsibility to let their light shine, as Jesus taught in Matthew 5.16. Another concern is the excessive loss of valuable time. Without putting a stopwatch on any specific individual, it's easy to conclude that some are wasting way too much time on these sites. Various studies have concluded that they have an addictive potential. Can we be blunt? Turn off the computer and get busy. Your family, the Lord's Church, your job, and many other important things need your attention. Some are neglecting their duties while spending excessive time on social networking sites. As a child of God, you're responsible for making the most of your time, as taught in Ephesians 5, verse 16. And so, there are problems with computers, but there are also dangers on the way that we use our computers. Let's all be careful. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. That's
0: it. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now,
1: back to the virtual Bible study. We welcome you back to the program tonight as we talk about instrumental music. We're appreciative of David Baker being with us from the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, as we talk about instrumental music and whether or not we believe it is authorized uh, for worship. David, you've uh, said several times that you believe God doesn't change, and therefore if something was authorized in the Old Testament, it's authorized by default. Uh, let's get David back on here. That uh, David uh, is with us. Uh, David, you mentioned earlier, in, and you mentioned it several times, that uh, God doesn't change. That if something was pleasing to Him in the Old Testament, it's pleasing to Him today. If it was authorized in the Old Testament, it's authorized today. And uh, and we would disagree with that argument um, for a number of reasons. Uh, we mentioned some things that that were authorized in the Old Testament are not authorized. In fact, even forbidden, one of those being circumcision. It was very pleasing to God in the Old Testament. In fact, God required it. Today, he doesn't. Uh, and, in fact... It, and so, to, and to, so your uh,
2: argument, Jacob, and we want, David, we want to get your feedback on this. Just to say that God liked it in the Old Testament times n- does not necessarily prove that it's what he wants us to do today. Circumcision as an example, how would you respond?
3: Good. Um, When God specifically says that he changed on something, then, of course, we go with that. Um, As you know, there are a lot of things of the way God dealt with Israel, circumcision being one of them um, there. Uh, The way God dealt with sacrifices, um, that they were supposed to offer lambs and bullets and goats because they were the picture of Jesus coming since he came on the cross, that is nailed to the cross. Uh, Is everything in the Old Testament nailed to the cross? Absolutely not. Thou shall not kill. Uh, That is in the Old Testament and affirmed in the New Testament. So just because it's the Old Testament doesn't mean um, it's gotten rid of. But if God specifically says, okay, um, this is what I wanted for this time, okay, this is not what I want for this time, then, yes, then we know that. But I, I don't believe by the use of the word psalm in the New Testament there even by the definition can be an instrument that i don't think that god was saying that that's supposed to be gotten rid
1: of anthony in the chat room makes uh this argument he says the focus of the word psalm totally misses the point the instruction is to sing and uh, i think that's a, a point worth making and a valid point is the instruction yeah. is to sing and it's telling us what type of uh of music to sing but there's no instruction to play in those passages
3: and that's a great point. Um, if you have a Bible that I don't know if you're putting up on the screen whatever, if you want to turn and look at a verse um, there, it, It's when, when we use the Bible to define the Bible, it opens up so much truth instead of what our mind is stuck with by, by what we've heard, by what we've taught, by what we've been grown up with. Um, there, Look at Psalm 98.5. Psalm
2: 98.5.
3: Okay. And there's a lot of other scriptures that say this. When you, if you do a biblical study systematic theological study of the word psalm and sing and string instruments, it is amazing how it opens up, and it's totally different than what we think it is. And so that's why I don't, uh, you know, I, I never quote songs. I knew this was going to come up, so I, I, I used it for this thing. If I don't put my preaching, I compare the Bible with the Bible. So eight five says sing unto the Lord with the harp. Wow, that seems weird. I thought you could only play with the harp, God said, "Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a song." So obviously, God understands singing different than we understand singing. We now, think we now, I, sing I, with your voice.
1: I, I, God I, I, said, you, to
3: sing unto the Lord with the harp." Have
1: you ever sung to the Lord? Have you ever sung with the radio or sung with a guitar? I mean, you can sing uh, accompanying uh, a harp uh, rather than uh, the actual strings doing the singing.
3: Well, that's what the Scripture says. So whichever way you want it to be, whether it's accompaniment uh, there or whether it's singing with the heart, there, if you want to focus on the word singing, there it is. Sing unto the Lord. With the harp, uh, uh, with the harp. Uh, I, I, I think
2: stopped. that I, I gotta say, David. I think that's a stretch. I mean, I'm like, I'm like Jacob. Sing with the harp means the same as you would take. How would you take it if I said sing with the guitar? You would, you would understand that expression to mean you sing while you're playing a guitar, or sing with the piano. You would sing while playing the piano. I think this old and and, and by the way, just to repeat, we're in full agreement that in Old Testament times. They certainly did use instruments of music. We're not denying that. We think we live under a different law. We got to justify what we're doing today by the New Testament, not by the Old Testament. I think that that right. statement simply means that they were they were singing There's, with.
3: Right. Go ahead. Under, under, I'm sorry. Understand this. Um, there, our our voice is a string. It is the vocal string. It is it is you understand the anatomy of what the voice is, okay, it is the vocal cords that are vibrating when air is coming across it. Um, there, that we get the singing there from. If you look up and you want to look up the definition from quote, like you mentioned, the scholars there that word "sing" used in Psalms, it says um, there the idea of striking with the fingers properly to touch the strings or parts of the musical instrument to play on it. People say all the time, "Well, that piano's singing." Boy, listen to that guitar sing. Okay, That guitar is singing That piano is singing yeah. Because that's, that's what it is And that's the same thing our voice does yeah. Our voice when we sing It is, it is vocal chords it is a string instrument that we are using with air coming across and vibrating. This, this, exactly
1: this, this is somewhat of a detour, though, because we we don't believe that we can go back to the Old Testament and get justification for the way we worship God today because so many things have changed. In fact, we believe that if we go back to the Old Testament for our justification, we can't just go back for one thing. We need to take it all. And so we'd have to, we'd have to worship God in every aspect like they did in the Old Testament if we're going to say, well, here's an example of how God wanted people to worship him back then. If we go back and, and we say, okay, Psalm uh, ninety-eight is is my my justification, then I need to take everything the Old Testament says about worshiping God. And we and, and David, you don't do that, and we don't do that either because we believe we're under a different covenant.
2: David, I've got one. Transi- okay, so what, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I'm sorry. No, what what I was just saying is, if you're looking to define words, you look at Scripture. You believe the Old Testament is just as infallible as the New Testament is. So, if you're looking oh. to define words, then you look at Scripture that can be very. Fear in helping us to define what we're
1: taught. That's so, do, so, so, are you using that? Are you using Psalm ninety-eight, verse four or five,
2: to define the word "sing"? Well,
3: that is that is how it's used. Sing as the well, Lord I, with, with the harp.
2: I, I, again, I think that's a strange twist on that phrase, David. I got one English translation up here that says, "Sing your praise accompanied by music from the harp," um, and that that phrase, "sing with the harp," for you to say that means that the harp is singing. I think is a bizarre twist on that expression, and, and even even English translations say that that means this in, in Psalm 98 meant for them to sing while accompanying that on the harp, and we know that they did I, do that in the Old Testament. We know they yeah, did do that,
3: and I, and I believe that I believe that's fine. I believe we ought to, and I believe that's also what the New Testament scripture is saying to accompany it. We we read that definition already, but. Um, but to be able to say that that you cannot use a string instrument when it was used so much um, there, even to God, um, there, and God never took that away. Okay, if God took circumcision away, God took the animal sacrifice away. We know that. But God never said, there is no verse ever that says this, I do not want um, string musical instruments in the worship. In fact, the opposite, he said I want you to do psalms, which is with a
2: where where does it say that he in the New Testament where I'm, I'm just trying to think of some other examples David where in the New Testament does it say don't burn incense I don't
3: know the command where God did say ever to burn incense that, that oh no he, oh there's
2: plenty of there's plenty of commands for them to burn incense in the Old Testament yeah, but, uh, uh, Exodus 30
1: verse 1 thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon he even specified yes. God did the mixture that was to be made for the incense, not just to burn it, but it was a special mixture. That, and he also condemned anybody else if they, if you're they so reproduced you can't reproduce that mixture, that. only it could right. be used in uh, worship. By the way,
2: David, that's Monty. He's on our control board tonight. So Monty jumped in there on well, our discussion, too. So good no, point, Monty. No, no, that's, that's
3: fine. That's fine. The, um, yeah, there, there's, when God talks about incense in the Testament, it's like our prayers going up, and that's a symbol like an incense going up there. Uh, I don't, I don't somebody wanted to do that, I would not fight with them because God did not say not to burn incense um, and things there. So it, it comes to me a lot of straining on the net to swallow a camel, to make something out of something that I don't believe God did, to be silent where the Scripture is silent and speak where the Scripture speaks. Um, there, God never commanded that we were not supposed to do that.
2: Let me ask If somebody you if that... wanted
3: to have an incense in a, in a service there, if God didn't command against it, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see any reason to. Uh, there, but there's nothing wrong with it unless God said okay that's done i don't want
2: that anymore let, let me ask you a question about your practice i do not I, I don't and I'm, I don't know i'm just asking for information here david do you in your worship services do you ever have just instrumental pieces in other words no one's singing it's just just an, a piece played on the instrument without anybody singing any words at all do you do that
3: um as a prelude postlude uh, an offertory sure.
2: okay so now, what? when you do that, what is the information? In other words, you're saying the instrument's singing.
3: Sure. And, 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 let, me, let me explain that. Um, it's very simple. There are three parts of music. There's a melody, a harmony, and a rhythm. Okay. The melody of a piece of music speaks to the mind. The harmony speaks to the heart. The rhythm speaks to the body. The melody speaks... And sings whether the words are there or not. If I just use a melody, I'm not going to use any words at all, just a melody. Da, 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 da. That's a melody, no words at all, but in your mind, what are you filling in? Oh, you know that melody. You automatically put that in, and that does speak because we know the words to that melody, and it does speak to our mind. So well, what, if what, is, if a, what if it's?
2: What if it's? You used a very uh, familiar melody there that we all know. Exactly. Uh, but, we all, we all, but what if it's a song I never heard before? There, here's an instrument, and he, he, the, the guy on the organ at church is playing a song I never heard it before. I know no words that go with that with with that uh, uh, tune, and and so how am I learning anything? How am I being taught? Okay, You're
3: asking. If you're asking our practice, okay, our practice for any offertory that's ever been done uh, there, if there's not words, it is a familiar, just like what you heard, where everybody would know it. And that melody then would speak to your heart because of the words that that go with that, that. We all know and we fill it in. It does teach.
2: Would you stop the organ player if he started playing a piece that nobody knew?
3: Excuse me? I'm sorry?
2: If your organ player on Sunday started playing a song... Just just an instrumental piece, no singing. He started playing this song on the piano, and it's a song you didn't know, and that nobody in the audience knew. Maybe it's something that he just wrote the night before. And would you stop him?
3: Uh, Well, that would never happen because everything is approved beforehand um, there, and uh, that wouldn't be a right practice because you're not going to be speaking if no one knows.
2: So you're uh, now now this is interesting because you're basically saying that the words are fundamental. That the, you're saying that you would never play a song that you didn't already know the words to. So you're admitting that the instrument doesn't do the teaching. It's the words, whether spoken or in my mind. It's the words that convey a message to me. I am taught by the words, not by the, not by the instrument, not by the right. notes the instrument exactly. is playing.
3: Like I said, the melody speaks to your mind now you add the harmony you add the third you add the fifth you add the harmony into that now that speaks to your heart um there but it is the melody that speaks to your
2: mind uh in the chat room we got a question from mike up in indiana and he asked what what you got a new convert okay here's a guy that you just converted this week he's just become a, a christian he's never been to church before this sunday is his first sunday in church he doesn't, know, he doesn't know any spiritual songs or hymns or psalms. And now the, the organist is playing this tune. It's not teaching him anything, is it? He's never heard that song before. You may know it very well. The other people in the congregation may know it re- real well. But this new convert, he never has heard that song before. He knows nothing of the words. What's he being taught?
3: Right. Well Mike, they don't even they can't find a book in the Bible. They don't know the story when you talk about and reference as we are preaching reference of David or Daniel or Goliath there. They've never heard that before. Um, that happens all the time. Any new convert convert has to grow in grace. Anything okay. so They're not gonna they're not gonna understand very much at okay. all. If you tell, if you use David as an illustration, they're gonna who is David? I've never heard that word right, before. So I, good so answer. That, that's, that, that's,
2: that's a good that's answer. Good good answer. I, but I do
1: I do find it interesting that we take Ephesians chapter five verse nineteen again it says speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We can take that verse and we we can hone in on the word psalms, that can mean a piece of music that is either accompanied by voice, harp, or string instrument.
2: And what is it in that
1: verse? Well, it says here that we're to speak to ourselves. And, so singing in that uh, verse. Well, but again, we can take that, and we don't even have to sing. Where it, when it says to sing, we can just play, and that's okay. It seems to me that it, that goes against the instruction yeah, that,
2: that's so yeah. clear there to sing. David, we're out of time, man. I didn't. I didn't expect to keep you for a whole hour, but we. Oh, really, no, no, I. I
3: appreciate you letting hang around. Uh, we really afraid. enjoyed the
2: discussion, I, and and when I talked to you earlier today, you uh, acknowledged that we've had good discussions in the past. We disagree, obviously, but we right. can do so in a congenial manner, and and we appreciate and your. It's gr- important for us to have discussions like this, David. Always, but,
3: always respectful, Greg, and. Uh, uh, and Jacob, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, well, thank you important so much that we
1: have these discussions. A lot of people aren't even willing to discuss differences, and we can't ever come to an agreement if we're not willing to discuss. Right. So. right. right. Great. And thank-
3: thanks, Anthony, and uh, Monty, and Mike, and uh, uh, all the discussion. they appreciate uh, um, uh, the uh, questions and all that. Well, yeah. thanks, thank David.
2: We appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us on the virtual Bible study. Yes, sir. Thank
3: huh. you. Good all night. Right. Well, turned that us
2: turned off. us off uh, and not uh,
1: David good discussion there tonight and really you, you know
2: what we got to do Jacob because we have got tons of, of email we never got to we got lots of comments in the chat room that we never got to we're going to have to we're going to have to carry this discussion. we got we got to let our listeners have a chance to speak their piece on this as well we spent our whole time talking with David Baker I saw some capital letters there in the chat
1: room. They were screaming, but we weren't listening.
2: Yeah. we Sorry, sorry to you all in the chat room that we didn't get you. We even got a call from, I think, Mike up in Indiana called to come on the program. We told him we'd have to call him back next week. Let's carry this discussion over, Jacob. We'll, we'll, we'll continue this discussion with the listeners, giving them a voice uh, to say what's on their mind. Uh, next week. And
1: hopefully we have some listeners who would disagree with us and maybe agree with David. And we'd welcome you to be back next week as well and uh, present your side of the, of the uh, argument as well so we can, again, study the Scriptures and come to an understanding of what God wants from us in our lives. And so we appreciate uh, the discussion tonight, Dad. Very good uh, for us to consider our worship to make sure, again, it's got to be pleasing to God or else it's not going to do any good. So we've exactly sure right. we make sure we've got
2: to think I thought it was very informative and necessary discussion, and I think there's a lot more to be said about it. All right.
1: Well, uh, Monty, uh, thank you for being behind the controls tonight. And uh, and uh, we didn't get to talk with you very much, but we enjoyed having you here. I enjoyed being here. All right, and uh, thank you for your time, Dan. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study his inspired word in the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.